Fresh off the success of Spy Kids 1, director, writer, and producer Robert Rodriguez works up his whimsical magic yet again to bring us a second installment into the Spy Kids world. The cast of characters is ever-expanding, and the Spy Kids world feels like it's settled into a well-established universe. These new characters, along with the same old faces, will take us on a journey that often had me as a child saying, Aw, I wish I had that. So tune in this week while we review Spy Kids 2 Island of Lost Dreams on this episode of Purely Nostalgia. Welcome to Purely Nostalgia, a podcast where we watch the movies that we were into as kids with our adult eyes. My name is Eli Shap Smith. And I'm Clint Jazz Hands Page. And uh, good news, Elisha. What? Satan hasn't burned down my house yet. I played my first saxophone concert with my evil, evil hands, and uh, nothing's happened yet, so we're good. That's great. Um, thank you. That was a callback I... to episode one. Very good callback. We're all about those callbacks here on Purely Nostalgia. 100%. That's what a nostalgia is, is just a callback. It's really just, yeah, well, I mean, we're, we're all about that very high-level comedy. Yeah, um, high-level comedy. Like, it's kind of like, you know, The Office. Like, only, like, smart people yeah, can watch The Office. Only smart you know? people it's get like The Office. It's like smart humor. Yeah. Yeah, it's like smart humor, like Spy Kids. Well, how are you doing today, Eli? I'm doing well. Um, thank you for asking. I'm a little bit sick. I'm also, I've got my yeah. my voice is a little bit non-existent, but it's also kind of like lower and cooler. I feel a little bit more mature than usual, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm also a little under the weather. Mine's just due to uh, yesterday I was over at my sister's house and she has a cat and apparently I'm allergic to cats. So uh, I'm sneezy oh. and coffee right now, which are my least favorite dwarves. But <laughs> Sneezy and coffee. Coffee, um, he wasn't in the Disney version. No, he was a barista. So that means he wasn't in the movie? Right, he was working at the local, you know, local bean juice shop serving up his, uh, his namesake. Yeah, it's weird that they never, like, you never talk about the fact that there's only six dwarfs in the movie, and it's because <laughs> coffee was out there roasting those good beans. Roasting those beans in the shed. Yep. Well, uh, um, Elisha, I, um... I have a story for you. Oh, we is it as good in. as Spy Kids 2 colon Island of Lost Dreams? Well, uh, I'll say this. Spy Kids say this. 2 colon Island of Lost Dreams has mm-hmm. celebrities in it. And this week, I met a celebrity. No, you didn't. I sure did. I sure Which did. Which one? All right. So, um, Friday morning. A customer comes into my place of work to purchase some of my goods and services. Taco Bell. uh, Yep. And uh, I I was talking to him about what he did. And wouldn't you believe it, all the way from California, it was the CEO of Applebee's. (laughs) I thought you were going to stop at Apple. (laughs) Nope. Like Tim Cook? (laughs) Applebee's. That's like that's a way to really disappoint someone <laughs> on like a first date is be the CEO of Applebee's. I'm the CEO I'm, of Applebee's. What was that? I'm the CEO of Applebee's. <laughs> but I met him. He was a very nice man, and he said that I was very professional, and he gave me a $25 gift card to Applebee's. 
Did he really? He really did. This, and I, I asked this him, is a fake thing. No, this is 100% real. And I asked him what he was doing in town, and he's like, we're here to make Applebee's. We're here to make Applebee's. We're here to make Applebee's here in Chattanooga less disgusting. <laughs> I th- I thought you were just going to say they're bringing Applebee's to Chattanooga, but there is an Applebee's in Northgate Mall in Chattanooga. There's, there's, <laughs> it's the only one I've ever been to, I think. There's two Applebee's in Chattanooga. Oh, And he was man. like, we're here to make it less, less uh, disgusting. And I was like, He's oh. not really representing his brand very well. Unless... But at least he gave you a $25 <laughs> gift. <laughs> it was, Why did he give you that? Um, I, apparently because I was a good employee and he liked, he liked what I was doing and he's just like, you know, here's a $25 gift card. I appreciate your time. That's so so weird that he would walk into Taco Bell to patronize (laughs) his biggest competitor and then he sees a really good employee and gives him a $25 gift card to Apple. You know what this is? This is a test from your manager at Taco Bell. (laughs) Yeah. He looked just (laughs) like my manager with a mustache and he was just wearing a shirt that said Applebee's on it. Mr. Applebee's. like? In order to get this $25 gift card to Applebee's, you just have to do one thing. Find on me the <laughs> secret formula to the cheesy gordita crunch. To and get me in this dark alleyway. So, kid, you like Applebee's? Yeah, I like Applebee's. All right, well, to get this $25 Applebee's gift card, you have to spit on the Taco Bell. No. <laughs> <laughs> and he has, like, a black trench coat and a scar down Yeah, and that, that created the martyr culture for a bunch of fast food restaurant employees. <laughs> Well, I'm really proud of you that, that you got to have that experience. Yeah, um, it was something. That's probably uh, the closest thing to fame that I'm ever going to get is meeting the CEO of Applebee's. Applebee's not a sponsor, but, you know, we'll take it. I feel like that'd be hey, a, a fitting sponsorship. We're going to be the first podcast to be sponsored by Applebee's. Applebee's. <laughs> Let's do an ad for Applebee's real quick. Just a short one. Okay. Um, honey, what are we going to do for dinner tonight? Um, Applebee's. I want a cheeseburger. And I want to drink myself to death. All right, there's our ad for Applebee's. All right, great. Well, I appreciate that story. We probably need to get into talking about Spy Kids, though. 100%. Um, Before we start talking about the actual subject matter for this episode, I want to address a big concern that some of our... uh, listeners have been having mm-hmm. they've been asking us are you guys going to con- are you guys going to cover on your show spy kids mission critical mm. and the answer is yes 100 for those of you unfamiliar spy kids mission critical is the new netflix original series about spy kids um coming april 20th and it's a cartoon it's about carmen and Junie, so it's not those new kids whatever those names are sarah and timbo we, yeah timbo yeah um and yeah, we're absolutely going to cover it. So what we're going to do is we're going to sort of amend our series that we talked about in episode zero. Uh, everything's the same except we're going to do one more episode after Spy Kids, Spy Kids 4. 4. And no, this lo- one will lost, be Spy Lost Kids. Time in the World. Whatever. Lost Time in the World. Yep. Spy Kids 4. The uh, Sorry, The Lost World, <laughs> colon, Spy Kids 4. The Land Before uh, Time. <laughs> uh, we'll do one more episode about Spy Kids Mission Critical. And I'm not sure what capacity we'll cover it in if we're gonna like watch a couple of episodes or what but we'll let you know more about that later but really the biggest reason that we're going to be doing it is just to make sure that it fits into the spy kids canon yes so previously the big question was 
to end this series was is Spy Kids 4 going to live up to um, the quality that we got out of the first three um, now we're still going to answer that question in our Spy Kids 4 episode but now I, I think the, the, the big climax of this series is is Spy Kids mission critical canon mm. we get to answer that question I'm going to make a bold prediction right now before we even watch it are you ready for it I'm ready yes all right, I'm leaning towards, I don't know. I, I was going to say no, but I'm also not the kind of person that likes to be like, that's not canon. Yeah. You know? I got really annoyed with those people when Star Wars The Last Jedi came out. So I don't really want to be, like, it's going to have to be really bad for me to not recognize it as canon. Yeah, but and, and Netflix, it could happen. Netflix produces good stuff. Like They do. They're top notch, if you ask me. I think they do good no, stuff. No, yeah, they do good stuff. They also do somewhat bad stuff sometimes but yeah i don't know i i thought i had an example but i can't think of one yeah right now. <laughs> i mean me either so there's that there's that we don't All even right. have to watch so, it it's canon so stop freaking out yes we're doing spy kids critical or mm-hmm. spy kids mission critical <laughs> Spy Kids critical <laughs> clint i think it's time to start talking about spy kids to not the island of lost dreams but Island of Lost Dreams. Pop in those adult eyes for me. Oh, and I want to hear the sound effect. All right. Squeaky. I, I just took out my kid eyes really quick. And now I am inserting my adult eyes. It sounds like you're eating some crackers. I had to oil them up and... All right, we're good. My adult right. eyes are in. I view everything through a piss. <laughs> I view everything through a pessimistic lens, and my back hurts. Uh, okay. Let me pop mine in. Oh, Star Wars is bad now, and Ghostbusters ruined my childhood. Women shouldn't be in movies. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. That was my pretend adult eyes. Here's my real ones. I'm a little bit better at it than you are. All right, I'm good. I'm ready to talk about Spy Kids Wow, too. you're quick. It's probably because you wear contacts. Yeah. No, I don't. I wear glasses. You know this about me. That's true. I also wear the glasses. Hey, we haven't really referenced this yet, and then we'll get into it. Um, this is the first time we're recording from not in the same room. Yeah, I'm still in my attic. He's still in the attic. I am in my bedroom, which is um, a little bit nicer than your attic, I would say. Mm. A few less boxes, but you know it's all right. We're also I do have a you know a hundred miles. I've got a cool apart. RoboCop poster in my room. I have right in front of me um, a picture that I drew uh, back when I was a child, and it's of a man uh, shooting a gun at his house. <laughs> <laughs> what does that say about your childhood? And uh, That's apparently, like I needed therapy. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. Yeah, but you know, I'm I'm a good I'm a good boy now. So, Clint, what was your experience with Spy Kids Two: Colon Island of Lost Dreams as a child? This one, in my mind, was much more cemented than Spy Kids One. It was like okay. it, it was like my memories of Spy Kids. If you asked me to remember Spy Kids, I could remember more from Spy Kids Two than I could from Spy Kids One. If that Same, makes I sense. Think. I, yes. I don't remember seeing this one in theaters, but I do remember probably watching it more than Spy Kids 1. Yes. Um, I think same. I 
I don't really know that I saw either of them in theaters. I think I did. This one came but out I in 2002. Watched. So. Okay, yeah, just a year after the first one. A so. year after. They, so that's pretty good. They whipped good. this one out pretty quick, and you can kind of tell when you see those slizzards. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. I mean. This, the kids look significantly older, though. Even though Really? I was about to say the opposite. I think Carmen really? looks a bit older. I think Junie looks the same. I think I think Carmen has aged more clearly, but I mean I could tell Junie's you know he's seen some stuff since SK one and <laughs> yeah. SK two. He's got those little gray patches above his ears like Mister Fantastic and yeah. Fantastic Four. And he walks with a cane. Yeah. People often is, forget which, about was a that weird part. Choice. Yeah, that was a weird yeah. character choice that he walked with a cane and spoke with a thick British accent. But you know, it was very strange. And he has that eye patch on both of his eyes. But, um, you know, as far as remembering it goes, like I said, I think that this movie stuck with me more than Spy Kids 1 did, personally. Yes, me too. Um, I definitely liked this one better than Spy Kids 1. I liked them both as a kid very oh. much. And I've spoken about this before, so. Um, but, yeah, I, I loved Spy Kids 2 as a kid. It was one of my favorite movies. I would watch it. Um, frequently now you on said, the VHS. You said you liked it more as a kid. Are we going to delve in now to what our feelings are as adults? Yes. I'm I'm ready to reveal. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, go go first, because I think okay. we're going to differ. Uh-oh. Sounds like you didn't like it, because I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, keep going. Elaborate. Okay. Uh, well, I actually did not love it as much as I thought I would. But I thought I would love it so, so, so much. Like, I thought this was going to be... I thought I was going to have this hot da- hot take ready today and be like, guys, Spy Kids 2 is one of my favorite movies. <laughs> and I don't <laughs> think I could say that. But um, I, I really liked it. I liked it better than the first one. Um, and I thought that it was exactly what a Spy Kids sequel should be. I thought it was so fun. I thought the first one is just so weird and wild. And this one only got wilder in like the best ways, which is exactly what I would have wanted from a sequel. Um, And, you know, I was talking in the last episode about how the first one sort of works as kind of a parody of spy movies. And I think this one works in that way better than the first one did. Okay. Are you ready for mine? Yeah, I'm ready. I didn't like it any more than the first one. Okay, and but uh, you didn't hate it. No, 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 absolutely not. I had a fun, okay. a, a really fun time watching it. In fact, I watched it twice. Um, you know. Okay, I didn't first... even have that much fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, mine's just because I wanted to make sure that I, uh, I knew that I was leading this episode, so I wanted to make sure that I, you know, could remember the plots well. But okay, um, it, the plots because there are two of them. There really are. I'll get into that. <laughs> yeah, but um. Uh, They're not related, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, kind of, sort of. We'll talk about that when we get to it. Yeah, but the reason I didn't enjoy it anymore was because I think the first Spy Kids, it looked like they put a lot of effort into it, where it was like, you know, they really wanted us to like it, they wanted us to believe it, and they wanted us to kind of get on board with what was going on. But the second one seemed kind of like they were phoning it in a little bit in spots, where it was like, all right, we already got you. You know, we, we, we're just reeling you in now. You're already fans of ours, that type of thing. Um, uh, yeah, I, th- I can see some of that. I think there were some 
little moments that are like, oh, you liked this one in the, in the first one? You'll like it in this one. Instead right, of some right. people, we've got magnet men. Right. Um, <laughs> but here's it, the shiitake mushrooms joke again. Again. <laughs> uh, but which that one was played much harder in this one. Yeah. Uh, I, it actually, I didn't remember it being in this one. Me either. Um, and so I thought she just said the word in this one. Right. And I was like, whoa. Right. For yeah, like it really took second. me off guard. I actually, I was with uh, my fiance, which I didn't mention her name in the last one, and she got mad at me. Her name is Chandler, and she is a woman. Uh, so uh, she and I hey were watching Chandler. it. Thanks for being a part of this podcast. Hey, sweetie. Thank you for watching. I really appreciate it. Or listening. She's also watching. She's right in the room right behind me. Hello, honey. Uh, is that true? No, she's not. But I was um, going to say, like, <laughs> you should let her like go do something else. She's not going to have any fun. <laughs> but um, when she said that, I had to, like, rewind it because we were like, whoa, okay. Um, but, but yeah, I don't know. Just it, it, it felt a little more phoned in to me. The, the scope of everything was much larger in Spy Kids 2 than Spy Kids 1. You know, the stakes were higher, clearly. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Were they? Yeah, because in this one, it was like uh, the world's going to get deactivated. And then in the first one, it's like our parents are going to get turned into monsters. You know, so... Yeah, I guess so. But, I mean, they were still trying to take over the world with their little Spy Kids robots, too. Right. I, I like that this one was sort of like on, they're on like a secluded island. Um, and it's like, I don't know, it felt a little more contained, maybe. It was like believable, this little, <laughs> not believable. <laughs> yeah, believable real is believable. not a word I can use <laughs> when talking about this movie. But, like, just the fact that they were not like just little Spy Kids walking around the city and having fights on a playground. They're on like an island having a little adventure yeah um, okay i don't know Robinson i, I enjoyed that adventure. aspect of it yeah sure in, in this one the main characters were definitely or i'm sorry in the first one the main characters were definitely carmen and junie but in this one i felt like junie was definitely definitely the main character yes he was um he was our and tragic hero it's it's weird because in the first one it's like carmen and junie each sort of get half an arc like they don't, right it's not right, like right. either one of them really like fully reaches some point where you're like where you feel satisfied it's just like every family member sort of has some sort of obstacle that they need to overcome and in this one they really lean into junie's story yeah or at least they try to um i i, I don't know it, it it feels a little bit strange to me i'm not sure why junie is having this crisis of being like <laughs> should i be a spy <laughs> yeah he's but having this like midlife career crisis and I remember I, like him mentioning like i'm gonna enjoy retirement it's like well what are you gonna do now <laughs> at the same time though i feel like that is sort of like playing on this idea of like spies like or not not necessarily spies but like in any sort of action movie like a, a cop who's like has to like go against the system or something like that it's like they're trying to ha make junie have this crisis of of like I, there's actually a, a line of dialogue that i thought kind of summed it up really well let me consult my notes really quickly it's like halfway through the movie but it's where carmen says to him um here we go carmen says there are no sides you're right and he's right that's what a spy that's what being a spy means and then Junie goes, well, I don't like it. And she goes, then quit. And he goes, maybe I will. And she goes, yeah, right. And it's like, that's what they're going for. But, like, there's really no reason for Junie to be having this crisis right. at all. <laughs> I feel like in a lot of ways the whole career crisis was really tongue-in-cheek. 
just because, you know, these are yes. children. Junie's, what, 10 and Carmen's 13. And they're being thrust into this very adult world, you know, where people are murdering each other and these crimes are being committed and it's on them to solve the crimes. And, yeah. you know, and I don't know if, you know, you experienced this when you were a child, but when something significant would happen, you know, you'd, you'd feel like you're an adult. You're like, I'm an adult now. I've, I've learned something. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I still do that. I'm right. I'm gonna be 24 tomorrow. Oh, what? Actually, this is coming out on the day that I have been 24 for two days. Oh well, happy early birthday! I had no idea when your birthday was. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, never mind. I thought I was doing a podcast with my friend Clint, but I'm just doing a podcast with some guy named Clint. <laughs> yep, that's me. But um, you know, I felt like it was really tongue in cheek in the fact that uh. Junie's like, well, I'm going to be retired now. And it's like, no, you're just a kid. You're 10 years old. And I feel right. Like that I was, chose yeah. to, I chose to interpret it that way as a tongue in cheek sort of like play on that sort of crisis that action heroes have. Right. But I still think it could have been justified more. Okay. Um, and I think it's sure. funny that they chose for Junie to have that crisis and not Carmen. Cause I think it would have made more sense with Carmen, but it's like, there's something really funny about these moments where you see Junie just like really contemplating, uh, like the organization that he's in and like right. having to make these difficult choices. And he's just this like adorable little kid. I, I like that decision to not have Carmen be that figure, but I do wish Carmen had had a better arc than just like having a crush on a boy and then being like, oh, he's bad, actually. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, and then still, in turn, still having a crush on him. Right. Um, so, yes. Yeah, it, yeah. it's bad. That, that part of the movie is bad. It's dumb. But let's start at the beginning. All right. So, um, it, it starts in the theme park, right? Right, yeah. So, uh, basically, the uh, taglines open up, you know, made by Troublemaker Studios, and then it leads us into a theme park which was actually shot in uh, Six Flags over uh, Texas. So, yes. uh, But it's supposed to be Troublemaker theme park, you know, very uh, yeah. fourth wall breaking. It's and like if in a Disney movie they went to Disney they World. They went to Disney World, yeah, really. <laughs> or in like an ABC show, they have their Disney, Disney World episodes. But, like in uh, Full House, yeah. Right. Uh, but how, however, uh, they are, we're introduced to a new character, uh, the president's daughter. Uh, which played by Cindy Lou Who. Cindy, oh, is that the same actress? Yeah. Oh, okay. But she's um, also in like a, a a dark, scary punk rock band called The Pretty Reckless now, and they're actually kind of awesome. I listen to them sometimes <laughs> when I feel when I feel a little bit sassy. When you feel angsty. But yeah. uh, as you know, you can interpret this in some ways. In the first Spy Kids movie, when they show the Spy Kids robots, one of them is the president's daughter which is a different actress, so we can assume there's been a changing of guard since then as far as administrations go. Uh, You're right. But I hadn't the, even uh, thought of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I noticed these weird things. Um, wow, you're just so nerdy and I'm geeky. So, I'm so random. You're just such a... <laughs> you're so random I'm and so weird random. and geeky. But you're so weird and random and geeky, Clint. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> you're so, I bet you have like a Game Boy Advance. I have a Game Boy like Color. you still play those old games. You're so weird and random and geeky. I bet you're, like, super into Spire the Dragon. This bit's over. Clint, you're so random and weird. Sorry, uh, <laughs> Anyway, we're introduced to another new character called uh, Dinky Winks. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, Mr. Winks is a, uh, a very redneck man who owns uh, Troublemaker, Troublemaker Theme Park. And he's kind of, you know, the spokesperson for the theme park and... Uh, 
shows her around, the president's daughter around to all the rides and stuff, and she's she seems very apathetic towards all these very scary, dangerous rides like the Whippersnapper or uh, the Vomiter, which, that's disgusting. Let's touch on that for a second. Yeah, he they, they just straight up throw up and it hits an umbrella and it's disgusting. Yeah, like, and he was carrying that, that umbrella with her where he's like, he planned this when he woke up that morning. He's like, all right, step number one, I'm going to meet the president's daughter. Step yep. number two, hey. I'm going to show her around, and then I'm going to get somebody to throw up on me. Luckily, I'm going to have the umbrella. He, like, taped out an X on that spot in the, the sidewalk <laughs> so that he could get puked here. on. He's been hey. he's been feeding people disgusting, rancid food so he could make sure that this green vomit <laughs> flew out on him. It's yeah. That, that guy... Um, Dinky Dinkums or whatever. Yeah. He reminded me Dink of Dinkums. Doug Demidome, owner of the <laughs> Dimsdale Demidome. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. But um, then after that, he takes her to his magnum opus of rides, the Juggler, which we uh, played a little clip of that from you in the last episode, where he introduces her in this very grand way to the Juggler, and uh, she's really curious about it, and he's kind of explaining how it goes, and, you know, he says it does this, this, and this, and then I don't know if you noticed this, um, but when he's kind of explaining how the ride works, he's like, it spins you around uh, as fast as the U.S. government will allow, which I feel like yeah. he did that because he's, she's the president's daughter, and he's like, because your daddy won't let me spin people faster. At, yeah. Wow, just another one of those cool tidbits that you notice because you're such a weird uh, and random geeky nerd. You caught me. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the president's daughter uh, gets inside the juggler because she's a thrill seeker, but she's also a troublemaker. Uh, mm. And uh, she, still, she steals the uh, override key when the ride gets lifted and something goes wrong, and uh, Dinky Winks looks up at her and goes, that little troublemaker. Which, that sounded just like him. Yeah, that was him. He's here in the studio with me right now. Oh, hey, um, Dinks. Yeah, hey, hey Mr. Dinks. Um, but uh, she gets stuck on top of the ride and kind of shimmies her way over to a safety rail and is hanging up there because she wants to get her dad's attention, more or less. Uh, is that kind of what you got from it? She just wanted her dad's attention. Yeah, well, I, I didn't understand it at first. I was like, why is she doing this thing? But then later she's like, oh, you're not supposed to save me. and My dad's supposed to save me. Yeah. So it makes sense. She... She feels neglected by her father, who is the president and a busy man, mm-hmm. and doesn't have time for her, so she's trying to get him to pay attention to her, how, whatever that takes. Right, but while she's stuck up there, the uh, Secret Service, which are terrible, they need to be fired. Um, yeah, they did a bad job. <laughs> they did a really bad job. They're like, sir, we need to get them. You know, They're talking to each other, and he's like, we're too big. We'll shake the ride, and she'll fall to her death. And they're like, we need somebody smaller. And then one of the Secret Service operatives grabs a microphone and goes, bring me SK-1 and SK-2, which is Spy Kid 1 and Spy Kid 2. And then from the crowd gets thrust forward our heroes, Carmen and Junie. And uh, they're wearing little little twirly hats. And we get to hear that little guitar riff. It's like... Yeah, exactly. And I... I got almost as excited as I did whenever Wonder Woman would show up in Batman <laughs> versus Superman, and it would play the the cool guitar music. Yeah, but it wasn't uh, quite that good. <laughs> when uh, they're given this new technology that helps them uh, become Spider Man, and uh, they climb up the wall, or they they climb up the uh, the I don't want to say this without sounding weird, but the pole uh, of the uh, 
Uh, You're so weird and random and geeky, <laughs> and then you say these weird things that make me think, man, this, the, this climbing guy, up, he's just so weird. They're climbing up the shaft of the uh, Troublemaker robot juggler. Uh, Much thing, better. The tower. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, they're climbing. I don't know if you noticed this, but when they're climbing, their feet and hands are, like, skidding along as they're climbing. So they're like, and they're getting no traction, but they're getting up there. And uh, while they're climbing, another Secret Service operative goes, we need backup. SK-3 and SK-4 are brought in, which are Gary and Gertie Giggles, uh, which is disgusting names. They're disgusting names. Terrible, disgusting terrible, names. disgusting, for disgusting awful kids. names. For disgusting children. And they're just, you know, these snot-nosed little children that, albeit, are better spies. You know, let's be honest here. They're well, more <laughs> well-equipped and better trained. And they're, they're meaner, but, you know, they're... They're better. And better actors. <laughs> yeah, that too. At least Emily Osmond is. She's really good. Yeah, I liked her character a lot. Uh, which She's funny. I didn't know this, but um, when Chandler and I were watching it, she was like, oh, that's the girl from Hannah Montana. And I was oh. like, oh, okay, cool. I, I didn't was ha- very much aware. Yeah, I didn't watch Hannah Montana because I'm a, I'm a boy. Oh, you're a macho man. But, uh, yeah. yeah. But anyway, as Junie is climbing up to rescue the president's daughter... Uh, Carmen is trying to deactivate the robot from the juggler from spinning around which at that point it's not even spinning so why does she need to deactivate it but um, Uh, good question Yeah. so it doesn't start up again I guess I guess but it only starts up because one of the secret service men literally just like goes up to the switchboard and is like (laughs) and just like bangs on it (laughs) but uh, while, while Junie's climbing up there Gary has this like traction thing that helps him run up the side and he's just like oh yeah this is the latest technology uh, nerd and just and then he spits on him and throws acid in his face which I thought was weird but he gets yeah. up there they both get up there and uh, the ride gets reactivated and it's a very scary tense moment where they're trying to get the president's daughter down and uh, while she's up there with them talking you know having a therapy session uh she pulls out this device, the transmooker device, or like a small transmooker device. And she's like, mm-hmm. I, I took this from my dad. And then down on the ground, the Secret Service guys are freaking out because they're like, she has the device. Get her down. And, uh, you know, they the ride gets shut down. They bring her down. Or uh, Junie brings her down. And then Gary brings the transmooker device down. And Yeah, uh, that's... And- so Junie wanted to rescue her, but he didn't get to, and he's mad. Well, he rescues Gary. her, but apparently, according to the U.S. government, the transmooker device is more important, oh, so right. Gary gets all the glory. Right. And then after uh, the transmooker device is brought safe, and so is the president's daughter, we cut to a next scene where uh, the Cortezes are at their house getting ready for a gala. Uh-huh. And it's, it's very reminiscent of the first scene of, the first movie where they're like, well, she's like putting them to bed in the first movie. The mm-hmm. mom is right, but this time they're all they're all co spies together, and so they're dressing them up to go to this fun little gala um, at the Capitol. We, it looks like, yeah, and we get to see uh, um, Gregorio combing Junie's hair. And this scene really shows the the part about how like really like uh, we talked about in the first movie how the mom doesn't really have a story, and this one's no different. She doesn't in this one as well right. but this time also the mom and carmen don't really have any sort of arc no um which would be like okay with me if it was like the third one's all about them but i don't really remember that being the case at all 
But anyway, this is Spy Kids 2 episode. Uh, we, a- after the combing scene uh, and Junie needs his tie, we're introduced to what I believe is my favorite character in the entire thing, Ralph. The little, Ralph. The little mechanical scarab. Which he doesn't last super long. No, spoiler he doesn't. Alert. Spoiler alert. But he, as mentioned in the bumper of the episode, the first part where I was like, oh, I wanted that. That was the first time where I saw something. I was like, oh, I wanted one of those. Uh, yeah, that, he was pretty cool. I definitely wanted one of him, too. Um, let's, but, let's start, and, and let's start a crowdfunding. He was well animated. Yeah, he was. <laughs> let's start a crowdfunding campaign where we can get a Ralph. Get us a Ralph. It's got to cost like $30. So let's try and raise $30 to get me and Eli both a Ralph. Okay. Um, okay, I, I, I just set up the page. Okay. The funds are rolling in. How, many, how much are we at right now? We're at $17 right now. Oh, my gosh. I haven't I'm made so any ready. calls yet. This I'm is so insane. Ready. I, by, the time, by the time this episode is over, we better have a Ralph, I swear. Okay, I'll keep checking in periodically. But uh, anyway, after, you know, Ralphing aside, uh, we cut to whenever they're entering... Did you just say Ralphing aside? Yes. Uh, Carry on. Uh, we cut to the uh, them walking into the Capitol, and uh, Mrs. Cortez gives us a bit of exposition, revealing that they're going to name the new director of the OSS. And mm-hmm. uh, it's supposed to be Gregorio. You know, they're like, well, he they, hopes it is. They, it hopes, they hope they, he is. And they're like, you know, if your father's elected to be the head of the OSS, make sure to give him a big hug. Mm-hmm. They're like, and if he's not, and she's like, well, give him a bigger hug, which I like that line. Oh, uh, that's cute. Because that was very, you know, family, in my opinion. It's very family. But, uh, you know, while they're... Uh, they should call this movie Spy Family. Spy Family. Yeah, I like that. Spy Family. But, but that would have been a good name for the third one. Yeah, the, we are a spy family. We got. Well, Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself again. Yeah, you're 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 getting a little ahead of yourself. Uh, but when uh, they're in the uh, the gala, uh, there was a scene that happened that I had no recollection of, and I want to know if you did either. Okay. Uh, it was the dancing scene. Oh, I absolutely remembered it. Did you I really loved it? Yeah, how it's like one of my favorite scenes. It's you, so funny between the president's daughter and Junie. Yes, their, ba- their yes, like she, Bavarian ballet dance. It's so funny because she she walks in and you just see a, a circle of Secret Service agents, and he like peeks through and you see her like dancing with no one <laughs> alone. I also liked like, how they were just kind of shuffling aside to mimic her movements. I thought that was funny, but yeah, that was great. The dancing, I, yeah, bet- I love that scene. The dancing between Junie and the president's daughter, I, it came up, and I was like, "Am I watching a a different version? Am I watching a director's cut? Because I don't remember this at all." I don't understand how you didn't remember that. I don't either. But uh, anyway, it, it cuts to uh, the president revealing it's the time to reveal the new director of the OSS. And he's reading his prompter. And then and it's it, Gregor. And it goes Gregor. And then it backtracks and it goes Donegan Giggles, uh, who is uh, Gary and Gertie's father. And Donegan, if you remember, was the agent that was transformed in the first movie. He's a much larger Yeah, and I now. did not remember that at all. I thought he was a new character until, like, actually, like, halfway through this movie. Oh, really? I think he makes a comment about it later, and I was like, oh, he, he says something about how they saved him in the last movie. Mm-hmm. He yeah, doesn't yeah, say yeah. in the last movie, but... <laughs> when you saved me in the last flick. But he uh, assigns his children to be on mission for, like, this really coveted mission that Carmen and Junie wanted to be on. Yep. And uh, um, I don't, maybe I just missed it, but you know how it goes in the 
president's teleprompter, it goes Gregor, and then it stops yeah. and it backtracks. I didn't see a moment where like Gary or Gertie or, or Donegan Giggles like had a keyboard typing, like hacking into it. I didn't see that. I, I didn't see that either, and I was confused by that moment because I, his full name appears right. It on goes. The screen. It goes Gregor, and then oh, okay. it backtracks, and then it fills. I didn't Donegan understand Giggles. why the why the guy said Gregor and he just says part of the word, but I guess only some of the letters appeared because they're appearing one at a time. Right. Yeah. I, As teleprompters do. Well, they didn't want to show us like them hacking into the system because we're not supposed to know that it's them yet. Yeah, but they don't even really mention it at all, like ever in the whole thing. Yeah, but we're, we've got our adult eyes in and we're smart boys and we can figure out that that's what happened. Yeah, fair point. Fair enough. But uh, after he's named, you know, the head of the OSS, they all toast him and drink their champagne, and then they pass out like alcoholics. So it was great just, way to get us a cool fight scene with just kids. With just kids, I love yeah. that. Which uh, those were some strong kids. Which some strong kids. They're fighting the, uh, as mentioned the before, men. the magnet men who are just I these waiters. Yeah, who are just these waiters with magnets on top of their heads. And uh, they're fighting all the kids, and uh, it works really well. You get uh, some good highlights of the gadgets that's going on. Uh, you know, Gertie's uh, hair propellers and the jet boots, and then those, like, twirly things, you know, whatever. And then I, Yeah, I love that scene. I thought it was funny. It was a good scene. Like I said, some very strong kids that can throw around, you know, 200-pound-plus men. Like and you even see, like, a toddler just, like, kicking a man. Yeah. But it kind of looks like he's just, like, poking him. With his foot. But you hear, like, the... really get the kid to, like, really lean into it. You so hear the sound effects. Like... It's like... <laughs> like, while the kid's <laughs> just kind of poking he's him just with his like... foot. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, afterwards, you know, uh, they start noticing that all the metal is flying up. And uh, the transmuker device is stolen back from the president by one of the... Met the one of the, by one of the magnet men, and then they ascend to heaven to be uh, their necks snapped as they snack or they uh, are attracted to the flying magnet ship above, and then they're carted off to a undisclosed location. Well, they go to heaven, and there's a uh, Backstreet Boys concert there with Seth Rogen, mm-hmm. and they have a great time. And then uh, everybody wakes up, and they're just like they're mad at Junie automatically. And yeah, then, <laughs> yeah, I I missed it like. I didn't really understand why it was just assumed it was Junie's fault. Well, like, he and Gary are fighting, and then the president's like, the transmuker device, they stole it. And then uh, Gary just, like, points at Junie. He doesn't say anything. He just extends his arm and points at Junie. And then everybody looks at him and is like, you know, mad up in arms, and they all cross their arms and look at him. Yeah, okay. And then uh, Uh, Hey, while while we're talking about the the scene where they're at this event for the OSS. Right. Can I ask you this question? Yes. What what even is the OSS? I understand it's the organization, organization of, super of super spies. But like they're not really secret. Like we see the <laughs> the Spy Kids headquarters and it's just like it's a, a big, big building. building that clearly says like Spy Kids on it. It's really colorful. Oh, also, like, I forgot to mention it's not this. Appar- secret at apparently all. <laughs> the Spy Kids are like some of the most powerful people in the country yeah because uh, you know going back to when the president's daughter was on top of the juggler thing and she's like i just want to talk to my dad Junie's like i'm level two i can order him to talk to you <laughs> yeah, and, which was one of my law moments. yeah and then whenever they're dancing the secret service is dancing in front of the president's daughter and Junie wanted to dance he pulls out his uh, his tag and is like hey 
fell is level two, break it up. And then they just move aside like, yes, sir. And I don't know. Yeah. Apparently you ask what the OSS are and as beings, they have, you know, unadulterated power in the United States and world, apparently. So I guess so. It's just weird because they don't really seem to be secret. They're not really like they're 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 secret agents, I guess, because they're they're saving the world from secret threats, but they're not really spies. Like nobody really is ever disguised or like sneaking around. Yeah, I guess. It's, they're almost more like superheroes. It's like they're the Avengers or something. Yeah, okay. That's that's fair. It's like basically what I'm saying is this movie is like the Avengers but better. Okay. I mean, I can I can not agree to that, I suppose. I I think it's just I mean, it's just a better movie. They're like, de- you know, like, they're definitely more hero than spy. We can agree to that. Right, right. Well, I just don't really understand how you could possibly think it's not a better movie, though. Mm. The effects are better. I'll give you that right. much. The effects are much better. But, right, but it, it's weird that the the OSS like I don't, I just don't get what what it is like in the first one. It's just like a throwaway thing, like for there to be spies in they just created this organization but it doesn't really make sense what it is but also i kind of like that because it it just like like i was saying earlier it the weirdness of the first one is just even weirder in this one and i i enjoy that yeah but in the first one it was like you know the oss is a mystery to everybody but now now that the kids know it's just like everybody everybody's in on it you know yeah like anybody can drive up and see uh oss kids and you know, walk inside the building. Yeah, but uh, you know, after the uh, the gala scene where Junie uh, screwed the pooch, he is fired from the OSS uh, per orders of uh, head of the OSS agent Donigan Giggles, and uh, that's when he kind of has his midlife crisis where he's yeah. you know contemplating what he wants to do in his retirement. And then they uh, they have the scene where Carmen and Junior are at their house, and they go up to their uh, treehouse. Which let's talk about that treehouse just for a sec. Okay, let's talk about the treehouse. What do you want to talk about? It's a cool treehouse. It's the coolest treehouse I have ever seen, <laughs> next to Codename Kids Next Door. Oh yeah, and probably not quite as cool as that one. No, uh, but while they're up in the treehouse, Junior is kind of you know contemplating his place in the world and what he wants to do professionally and amidst that Carmen reinstates him into the OSS because she realizes because she's a master hacker she's a master she's, hacker there's a moment I think it's earlier where uh, she just like types she hits two buttons and it says like Welcome now to the entering the pentagon yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is that funny. good like literally you could place your arm on a keyboard accidentally and then accidentally get into the pentagon it's that yeah. easy apparently but she uh, reinstates him Junie's reluctant about it yeah, but he's but. happy. You can tell. He's like, what? Oh, okay. But uh, while they're up there, uh, their real uncle, Machete, comes in and gives them all their new tech because he knows that they're you know, going to be doing some spying. But really, he just gives them two rubber bands. Yeah, or two um, I mean, he gives them some Machete Elastic Wonders is what he calls yeah. them. And I feel like we- that scene alone when he opens up like the toolbox – that was made solely so McDonald's could look in there and be like, that's what we're putting in our kid's toy. That's what we're putting in our kid's toy. Because there was a lot of stuff that I do remember from Happy Meals in, those, in that little lunchbox full of gadgets. Yeah, and it feels like that's an like opportunity for them to like use the rubber band many times throughout the movie. But because he says there's like 99,000 uses or whatever. 999 but they really uses. just Okay, wow. 
you really are a weird geeky nerd. Um, Big spike. But they really just use it the one time at the end, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Really, yeah, only that one time. And then, you know, when Carmen snapped her brother, I guess that counts as one. Or when she, and it's yeah. a stylish bracelet. It's a stylish so bracelet. Three. So really three Here's three uses for it. Maybe they did use it 999 Oh, no, times. she uses it a couple times because she picks up the transmuger oh, yeah, with yeah, it, yeah. which is like you could have just been down and Yeah, she could have gotten it, but <laughs> she just wanted to show one of its many uses, I suppose. Yeah. But uh, after their, after Junie's reinstated, uh, they go on their, uh, their mission because they want that mission that Gary and Gertie were assigned, which what's the name of the mission called? The... Uh, uh, um, Island of Lost Dreams. I, Island, I don't remember. It's like the Cortada mission or something. I can't remember. Sure. Something like know. that. I really don't remember. But they just want this really cool mission where spies are going missing in the middle of the ocean, you know, uh, Bermuda Triangle style off of the coast of Madagascar is where I think they were. Um, right. And their mission is just to retrieve the... Is it Transmuger? There's no L in it, right? Uh, no, it's, there's no... Transmuger. Mooker, not a G. Okay, Transmooker. I always thought it was Transmoogler, which I think is cooler. Mookler. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. I'm going to continue to say Transmoogler. You go right ahead. I mean, that's fine. Because there's nothing you can do to stop me. So that's their mission, to get it back, because it was stolen. Mm-hmm. And they have to go to this crazy island. And they're going to the island. Lost and, dreams. and then Uncle Felix is there. You know, uh, He's the one that kind of assigns them and you know, logistically gets them to the ships that's going to take them on their mission, I guess. He's like a... He's basically, you know, the he controls the freight, more or less. That's what his job right. is. Their and fake uncle. Their fake uncle, which he reminds them of that several times. He's like, I'm yes, not your is. uncle. I'm sorry. I, I hate you. I'm not your uncle. Go go away. Bort, he should just, like, uh, let them, you know, he should just be their uncle. You yeah, know? while he's at it. But uh, anyway, they, they go on their mission to the island, and uh, Gary and Gertie are reassigned per Carmen, who is a master hacker, to the Gobi Desert, which uh, is yes. in Africa, if I'm not mistaken. There's camels, and they get pooped on. Yeah, which those are one-humped camels, but in Africa, they're actually two-humped camels. I'm not even going to start with the inaccuracies there. But anyway, uh, they they go to the island. I don't want this to be that kind of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. But they, they go to the island, and uh, the island of misfit toys. And mm-hmm. uh, while they're going there, all their tech shuts down. And then they have to find a way out. They put on their rebreather masks and they swim to the surface. And uh, per slapstick to- comedy, they get bit in the butt by these giant monsters in their inflated suits and get shot to the island. And there they are. They're back on the island. So surprise, yeah. surprise. Um, and for some reason, the steam where they're they're in the water with their floaty fat suits or whatever, that's like one of the most memorable scenes to me. Oh, absolutely. I don't know why, but I, that's like I was the thinking, one. like, how did they shoot that the whole time? You know, that's what I think about when I think of Spy Kids two for some reason. Them being in the Aflata suits. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, uh, anyway, they're on their island, uh, on the island, and they're exploring it. And uh, eventually, Gary and Gertie, uh, you know, they uh, get sent to the Gobi Desert, and then they fall into a bunch of camel poo, and uh, Gertie says, "Camel poo." Which, which made me laugh really hard because that was supposed to be a line, I guess, for kids in the theaters. We go, ew. But, uh, and then, yeah, it uh, worked. And then Gary really... gets poop stuck in his teeth and he spits it out, which was disgusting. Yeah, that is pretty nasty. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, they flash back to reality, as Eminem says in Lose Yourself and Snap Back to Reality. 
And, Newsweek, uh, Mom's Buschetti. Mom's Buschetti. And uh-huh. um, they're, they're back at the OSS, and a, or head of the OSS, Agent Donegan, comes in and tells the Cortezes, you know, that his children are fine, but their children are in danger on the island. And then they're like, well, mm-hmm. guess we're spies now. And then they leave the office and uh, go to spies. And who is there to surprise them? But Mrs. Cortez's parents. So it's a, a, a bigger spy family movie now. Right. And this is where the, the second plot that I mentioned earlier that has nothing mm-hmm. to do with this, the first plot kicks in. So we're 40 minutes into the movie and we, we get this conversation uh, just before the parents show up where um, I think Ingrid is like, you know, you never really got my parents' blessing officially. Right. And it's just so weird because, like, we, it's like this far into the movie, it, it seems like that should have been introduced earlier. Yeah, you, maybe ha- even in the they first have that movie. Conver- right. They, well, it doesn't have to be, but in the first few minutes, I would think. Right. And then immediately after that, the parents show up, mm-hmm. and it's like there's this movie or there's this story about, like, uh, Gregorio trying to like impress her parents. Like, mm-hmm. I, I just don't think that that was necessary at all. No, but the parents, the, the grandparents are very cool, well adept spies, which I liked them a lot personally. Yeah, they're cool. They're, but like, kind of jerks, like, but cool. Well, yeah, I just don't understand their, like, it, it could have just been about the parents are trying to rescue the kids this time. I, I don't understand why the, the grandparents were necessary. Really For the third movie, that's why. I guess so. Yeah, oh, but, you're right. They do play a bigger role in the third one, don't they? Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, any, anyway... Block that one out of my memory. Yeah, we'll have to watch it here in a few weeks, unfortunately. No. But uh, skip, exactly to the, skip to the island, uh, and they're kind of... You know, Junie and Carmen are exploring the island, and... Um, they, you know, they notice none of their tech works, none of it at all, not even the flashlights, and they're having to rely on their brains, which they're, you know, mentioned earlier in the movie, uh, Gary says a, uh, a spy is as only good as his gadgets, and now they're at an island and they only have their wits, which I kind of like that, you know, they're stripped of their gadgets and they're only left to their abilities, I suppose, and... Yeah. Um, while they're exploring, they hear, you know, some monsters, more or less, and they run, and then they fall into a volcano. So there's, yes, there's and they that. fall for a very long time. Four That's hours weird... is what they determine that they've fallen. They've fallen for four hours. Yeah, but it's just an illusion. It's just an illusion. Is it magic? No, it's science. science. Uh, and that we're introduced to yet another character at the base of the volcano, and that is Romero, who is played by Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. Uh, who I really like as an actor personally, but yeah, we're introduced to him and he, he is, is a crazy scientist. He is interesting. It's weird. Uh, I like, he, he basically plays the role of Floop in this movie because he's like, sort of like, oh, is this the villain? No, not right. really. He's just kind of a pawn. Um, he's the uh, island man is what they call him. Right. And basically, uh, <laughs> basically his role uh, in, in the universe is that he is a genetic scientist and uh, he needed an isolated environment, so he chose that island because he was making, uh, he was shrinking animals to sell in zoos or to sell in like home zoos or whatever. Which uh-huh. that was and another moment where I saw those little tiny animals and I was like, oh, I want those. But uh, then, you know, he starts playing uh, Dr. Moreau 
and making his own, you know, hybrid animals, which are all puns, you know, spider monkey, bullfrog. Yeah, and then he's like, well, maybe I need to make, he says, like, for the kids with meteor, meteor hands. <laughs> so let's make them much bigger. bigger. Animal. Yeah. So let's make them just much, much bigger and, yeah. like, able to, like, kill you, destroy cities and kill you. Yeah. So, but, and this is the point where I was like, oh, maybe this is why the movie is called Island of Lost Dreams, because, like, his dream was to, like, make these animals for people, but it didn't really work out. Like, yeah. that's my best guess for the title of this movie. Yeah, the title Do you have is any idea why it's called Island of Lost Dreams? As I was taking that? a shower this morning, I was thinking, I was like, why is it called Island of Lost Dreams? I can't figure it out. And that, I came to the same conclusion as you. That's all I can come up with, but it's like, that's not at all what the movie is about. No, not at, at all. all. No. It's like if the first one was called, like, um, Spy Kids 1, colon, making a kids tv show because like that's what <laughs> floop does <laughs> i don't know it doesn't spy, make any spy sense. kids want a tv show can you come up with any better spidal <laughs> what spidals, titles for spy kids 2 um spy hey, kids no 2 bits here. spy kids 2 wanna, monster mash no no bits no bits i want oh, i want a title i want a title for a movie i want this to be a good title um do you have any off the top of your cuff uh, off the top of my cuff. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a phrase. Spy Kids 2. Um, it's, the kids are in charge now. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, like something about the fact that that it they, they have now created a new branch of the OSS that's all, all kids. Like That's the concept of this movie based on the first one. It, it's nothing about lost dreams. I don't know. I, the first one Spy Kids have... 2, Little Spies. I don't care. The, the first one didn't have, like, Spy Kids 1, colon, something else. It was just Spy well, Kids. Oh, right. It was just Spy Kids. But so I feel like the second one should have just been Spy Kids 2, the end, you know. Not colon, the end, but that. just Spy Kids 2, and that's all. Yeah, that would have been better than Island of Lost Dreams. But, but uh, anyway, uh, Romero is showing them, you know, he's telling them his tragic story about how he just wanted to create these animals and stuff. And then, uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but as a Christian, uh, surprise, I'm Christian. But, oh, no. Uh, sorry, we just lost a bunch of our viewers. Um, <laughs> he, he mentions God twice. And I do remember as a child. That is so funny. I do remember as a child hearing him mention God, and I was like, yes, when? <laughs> <laughs> we got him. We've we got him. infiltrated the media. No, that line is so weird because he goes, what is the line exactly? He says, like, do, do you, you think, think God stays in heaven because he's afraid of his own creation? Yeah. It's like, Spy Kids 2, what are you trying to, like, what are you trying to explore here? I was just waiting for <laughs> Carmen in the back to go, actually, there is no God. And then just, like, leave it at that. <laughs> that was such a weird moment because he's, I, I don't understand why they brought that up. I, I don't guess that. It's it's so heavy, and it's not really a joke. It's just like they just kind of look at him like, <laughs> all right, I guess that's your deal. Yeah, because, um, and like she, uh, Carmen, or I'm sorry, Junie does like the little loopy ear thing where he's just like, you know, crazy type of person. But And like the timing of where it happens in the movie is like it feels like that's where that's like a story beat that would that would tell you like this is the big question of the movie. Right. But it's like, that's not at all what Spy Kids 2 is no, about. No, it's just a really deep, introspective moment that Romero was having. Yeah. 
Oh, and I forgot to mention something in this, you know, cut back maybe 15 minutes in the movie, but we're reintroduced back to Floop and uh, yeah. Minion, which their, yeah. their TV show's just kind of going on, and, you know, they're friends now, I guess. And they got Tony Shalhoub to be in the, I mean, I guess he wasn't huge at the time. Was this before Monk? Um, I think it was, like, right as Monk was maybe starting, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, so it's just, it's weird that he was in the movie for, I remembered Flute being in it. Um, right. Monk was 2002, so <laughs> Spike Kids um, 2 and Monk. Spy, so what you can so what He wasn't famous yet. What you're telling say. me well, is that Spy Kids 2 made Tony Shalhoub famous. <laughs> I, I said he's not famous yet, but I don't think that's true. I, he was probably big before Monk, right? I don't ah, know. Yes. Monk's what I think of with Tony Shalhoub. But anyway, cut back to where we were. Uh, they hear some noise, basically. And uh, Romero has this, like, construction art project of the island, and it's uh-huh. all working by magnets. But uh, he, <laughs> what he can do is he can put his little devil creations on this island, and magnets draw them in, and so they kind of walk around and point to where the actual big animals are. And, and it's weird because the kids show up as just holograms. holograms so I don't yeah. know why it couldn't have been like that with the animals, too. Yeah, I don't whatever. know either. But as I was, I was thinking, like, a slizzard, which is just a lizard mixed with a snake. It's a lizard body and a snake head, which is a cool animal, I thought. Uh, better than the spider monkey, in my opinion. No way. The spider monkey is way better. Uh, you're wrong. A slizzard is oh, cool. A spider monkey is just lame, and it looks disgusting. Uh, All right. Well, Pure Nostalgia is over. We're not doing any more <laughs> Let's episodes. Let's take a Twitter poll here. Are you ready? <laughs> we should do that. Spider do monkey that. or slizzard? Let me make an argument for Slizzard really fast. Okay. It's a lizard body. Therefore, it's got, like, little fast legs. And then it's got a, a big attack neck, a big snake neck. And it can, use, it can use things like wrapping its neck around columns to hold on to things and, you know, biting and snapping. And it also has, you know, um, has a really nice singing voice. Uh, okay. Does it really? Yeah. Was that in the movie? It sure was. It sings. When? No, I'm just kidding. But uh, uh, <laughs> good joke. Yep. Okay. Good. Make your Let point make an for argument Spider for Spider Monkey. Monkey. Um, he looks cool. He carries a stick. He's got many legs. Um, he there's a small version of them that's a good replacement for Ralph. But then we see in the opening or in the end credits with that Ralph comes back and he just has a broken leg. Anyway, um, the Spider Monkey is much better because um, he's able to emote more i would say um the design is interesting (laughs) it's like somewhere between cartoony and realistic i think Um, the slizzard is better i think you're probably right but we'll let twitter decide let twitter decide slizzard versus spider monkey we'll see who's on top spike it's five slizzard Slizzard versus versus spider Spider Monkey. monkey But uh, anyway, uh, they're at the island, and uh, as I, a point that Chandler pointed out to me was mm-hmm. if, you know, the little ones are attracted to the big ones, and that's how they go around the island, why wouldn't Romero just grab one of the little ones, and then from the children's point of view on the island, the big one just kind of flies away? Like, wouldn't that work? I don't think that's how it works. I think he puts the, the little ones on the thing, and they gravitate to where the big ones are in real life, know. but I don't think it works vice versa. I, I don't I, think you move them and it moves the big ones. I got a lot of amusement thinking of like a slizzard attacking the kids and then, you know, split screen, Romero's grabbing the little one 
and then you just see the big one just fly away. And they're like, That would have oh. been fun. But yeah, I, that been I funny, think but. Romero did a good job of explaining the machine. I think I had that same question when I watched it as a kid. But this time I understood that, no, the little ones are just showing, showing you where the big ones are. But you don't move them and it moves the big ones. I guess. But uh, anyway, uh, fast forward a little bit, kind of cutting some of the, uh, the meat out a little bit of this. Um, in, anyway, you know, they, they rescue Gary and Gertie from the, uh, the big slizzard. And then Mom uh-huh. and Dad and Grandpa are on the island. And also, so is Agent Donegan. And it is revealed... Uh, big surprise, dun-dun-dun, Agent Donegan is the bad guy. He's, He's the minion of this movie. He is the minion of this movie, and it turns out he, that he wants to use the transmucer device to shut down all the technology in the world for whatever reason. That's what it does, Yeah, is it isolates I technology. Want, I don't know for, why he wants to do that, but all right, bud. For whatever reason, and then there's a, uh, a big fight between them. You know, there is a lot of just, you know, stuff that we can cut out that, just doesn't really add a lot to this, but uh, they get into a fight. Uh, Mr. Cortez and Agent Donegan have what I think to be a really funny fight. Yes. Where, uh, can we not skip the skeleton scene, though? Okay, I, fine. There, you, there, you can touch there, on that because I didn't like it. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> they go they go into this cave, um, and that's while they're trying to find the transmuker. Um, they go into this cave where uh it's haunted by skeletons or whatever and uh <laughs> yep and they he, junie picks up a piece of treasure and he's like one necklace to rule them all he says that yeah. cool lord of the rings reference junie wow what a little nerd um and it like wakes up the skeletons they have like a sword fight um i liked that scene i remember thinking it was a really cool adventure scene as a kid whereas the first one was like oh i'm a kid and i'm watching a cool action movie uh, or like a spy movie. The second one is like, oh, this is like Indiana Jones or something like that. Except Indiana Jones never s- fights skeletons. What but, what yeah. old movie was that skeleton sword fighting scene made based off of? There is I'm a. I'm not sure. Is it based there, off a movie? Yeah, it's like an old sword and sandals type movie that uh, that skeleton scene was based off of. And uh, you know, hate us on Twitter. Uh, I'm sure Emma, you will comment on this, letting us know what movie that is. Let's count on you, Emma. To let us know uh, what movie. Come on, Emma. What is it? That Sword and Sandals movie uh, is. So, but anyway. Is Emma the Duke of Hampton this? Yes, that is Emma. I like your Twitter name, Emma. But um, it, it, anyway, you know, uh, skip back to where I was for uh, Mr. Cortez and Agent Donegan were having a fight. And uh, what it, uh, Gary said, like, kick his butt or something like that. And then they yeah. both turn around and kick each other in the butt, which I thought was really funny. And then they headbutt each other at the same time, and then they just kind of fight and then lay by each other. And yeah. uh, that was a sweet moment, I thought. Yeah, that's pretty cute. Um, dang, I'm, I'm also realizing we also didn't talk about... Well, I mean, we talked about the idea of slizzards versus spider monkeys, but we didn't talk about the fact that Junior oh, and yeah, they fought. fight each other they fought, <laughs> on yeah. their, their steeds, um, <laughs> which is, is weird. It's like why why are these like animals just immediately loyal to them and they're gonna like have a fight? Yeah, and why um, did the kids need th- to ride them because they weren't telling them what to do? They're just <laughs> right, sitting yeah. on them. They could have just fought. It's weird. It's because it's spy kids and that's what we want to see happen. Yeah. But um, I that was the scene in the movie where the CGI. It was really the only scene where like the CGI was bad and I didn't like that it was bad. Yeah, it really did feel, that one felt kind of rushed animated-wise, because you could tell there were some obvious green screen parts. And well, just... and there's a lot of that throughout the movie, but I'm like, I'm just okay with it, because the, I feel like Spy Kids has this like 
Spy Kids feel to it. It's like it almost I don't think it was an art, an intentional artistic choice to just have bad CGI, but it, mm-hmm. it can kind of get away with it because it feels like a style. But in that scene, it's like, oh, this isn't a style. I'm just like in like a PlayStation one video game right now. <laughs> and there's a cardboard cutout of Junie writing on this spider monkey thing and anytime that it's animated badly i feel like whatever is animated looks like it's moving too quickly <laughs> probably it's just like something i noticed blur it so they can hide the mistakes yeah but anyway yeah they do get to the transmooker eventually they have the f- the fight on the beach um, um agent don is about to blast the grandparents with the transmooker and make their pacemakers stop working i guess and then oh that's what it was yeah. i was like what's he gonna do do with that i don't know i mean it shuts down technology so i guess it will you know old people it'll scare them i don't know but um uh, mr cortez (laughs) no it'll actually just make them happy they'll be like yeah no more phones no more technology (laughs) now my grandkids will be able to talk to me but uh, (laughs) uh mr cortez jumps in front of him to sacrifice his pacemaker and uh, <laughs> it turns out that Gertie sabotaged the transmooker device uh, because her and Carmen bonded in a pig, yeah. in a pig's nest, in a spork nest. She became a good person. She's a good person, yeah. Gary did not. No, he didn't, but Gertie did. So she had her arc. But uh, anyway, the, uh, Gary and Gertie are downgraded via the president's daughter, who apparently has a lot of power in this in this world uh she yeah. makes them level three or something or she suspends them from the oss yeah and then makes uh juni level one again and reinstates a man he does not one. accept he quits the yep. agency he's he done quits, with the oss quits the oss altogether quits it outright which is just to set up spike it's three yeah pretty much uh, but it, it's very interesting because i still don't really feel like that decision was ever uh, really justified in the movie. I like the idea of it happening. I just wish that they had like made it seem like a, a natural thing. You right. Know? But uh, yeah, that's just kind of the uh, very long and extended breakdown of uh, Spy Kids too. Yeah. Island of Spy the Kids Dreams. Too. Talking through it just now made me like it less. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> it it did me too. It did me that. too. I don't know. I just was like, I questions came into my mind that I hadn't really realized were an issue until now. But um, I, I just think I think that the point of this podcast is deciding, like, is is a movie good because it's good or is it just purely nostalgia? That's why we named it. This is, purely like, is this good or is it purely nostalgia? You know, right. and, and I think I'm realizing now. So I kids to I'm not going to say I only like it because of nostalgia. I think it has a lot of good qualities. Um, but yeah. And I, I think I still would lean to lean toward it's better than Spike kids one. Okay, um, that's that's uh, in your opinion. Okay, fair. No, well, not. I mean, no. Like fact, like objectively, it's better. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, but you know, before we get into uh, our patent pending, you know, three questions, uh, some little fun facts that we're going to drop in about Spy Kids too. Uh, oh yeah. It's about um, whenever they're getting into the. Uh, I was going to say castle, the um, treehouse. They have to say their full names. Uh, Carmen says hers, and then Junie says asks for his full name, and he goes Junie Rocket Racer Rebel Cortez, which that's uh, the three names of Robert Rodriguez's three sons. Yeah, which, exactly. Rocket Rocket Racer Rob. and Rebel. 
Rob, oh. grow up. Rob. Don't name your son's rocket racer and rebel. Rebel is a is a girl's name typically. I know that much. But yeah. rocket and racer, you know, that's kind of a stretch. I just uh, rocket maybe, but racer. What do you know? <laughs> no, Rob. That's a that's, prof- a, that's a profession, not a name. <laughs> what if but, he wants to be a, a baker? My name is Racer Baker. <laughs> my name. Well, you when you become a profession, you don't just get that as your last name. Wait, your I, name is not Clint Taco Bell. <laughs> what is your ideal version of this movie? Okay, I think my ideal version of this movie would be. Minus the whole transmooker thing, minus the whole Donegan being evil, and then kind of cutting out Gary and Gertie a little bit, making them less significant, and making uh-huh. it like an island monster movie where the parents have to go and save them. That's yeah. what I think would be a better version. Okay. I would um, I would make it more like Junie is framed for like stealing maybe it's the transmooker or something rather than just like there being like a skirmish where they lose it and it's like his fault like i i think it would be more fun if like junie is like like on the run from the oss because he's like been framed for something because she says like at, at some point carmen's like we have to clear your name it's like you're not really clearing <laughs> his name um but yeah i think that would make it a little bit higher stakes and then uh there was one other thing i can't remember Oh yeah, I would just get rid of the the grandparents completely. I don't think they are important at all. Just get rid of them all together. Yeah, I, I don't understand why they were in the movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, I guess because they're not in it that much. I wish it was just the parents saving the kids this time. Yeah, I mean, I did like the characters of um, Gary and Gertie, but I don't feel like they added a whole lot personally. Yeah, and it just feels not related to anything. Nah, not at all. But, all right, um, uh, you know, perfect movies aside, let's skip to our three questions, uh, okay. which are, is this movie good for kids? Is this yep. movie good for adults? And yep. does this movie stand the patent-pending, purely nostalgia test of time? Okay. I'm going to answer all three really quickly. All right. Right now, for right. me. These are my answers. Is it good for kids? Yes. I loved it as a kid. Is it good for adults? Uh, not really. <laughs> is, does it stand the test of time for me? Yeah, it kind of does. Like, sorry, I had a great time watching it. All right. Uh, <laughs> but I don't think I would have liked it if I wasn't, um, if I hadn't watched it as a kid. I probably would not have enjoyed it. For me, um, it is, is this movie good for kids? Yes. Uh, I will mm-hmm. I will endorse it for my children. Uh, when I see a child on the street, I will tell them, go watch Spy Kids 2, Island of Lost Dreams. And uh, Are you it, really going to do that? No, not at all. Yes, I will. Okay. But... Um, is this movie good for adults? I put, uh, I agree with you. No, it is not good for adults. In the fact, I said not really. I said, well, okay, but okay. Um, I don't think it is because I didn't get a whole lot of enjoyment out of it, and I am what's legally considered an adult. Uh, so I, I don't know. I just I didn't find a lot of redeeming qualities as an adult. Yeah. So and then that kind of leads into number three. Does it stand the purely nostalgia test of time? Um, I, for me, I don't think it does. For me personally, um, I, I, I was more disappointed watching this than I was kind of anticipating to be. Yeah, I can see that. I just, I, I, I feel like I'm in a bind here because I've, I've said that I like this one better than the first one. And yeah. when we talked about the first one, it passed all three tests easily for me. Right. 
I, I but I'm not gonna say that I like the first one better because I think this one is funnier and I think it has better jokes and is like uh. I don't know I think like it's absolutely funnier you're crazy if you think it's not <laughs> I laughed so many times in this movie all right give me three okay uh everything about the president's daughter is funny to me when she's dancing the dancing scene with Junie she just the way she acts is really funny when she's like I must go like wistfully cracks me up that whole like storyline between them is hilarious I think Emily Osmond is hilarious as Gertie I think uh I think Junie is very funny in this movie I think I don't know I just think it's a funnier movie overall yeah. Well, I think there's only one way for us to fully decide if don't it, say a Twitter poll. I'm not. I'm not. Okay. What is Daryl Savara doing now, aside from being uh, engaged to Megan Trainer? I was never making the argument that he was a good actor. If that's no, no, no. Mean. That's not Wait, what I'm going. Hold up. Whoa. What did you just say? <laughs> I'm according to my fiance. He's marrying Megan Trainer. Yeah. <laughs> let me let's okay. let's do a quick let me do a quick Google search. I need you to confirm that and I don't understand why we haven't talked about that yet. Because uh it was just you know, I was just recently informed of it. Daryl Sabaro. It's Sabara. That owner Megan. of the owner of the Sabaro uh Yeah, pizza that's franchise. where I work. Clint yeah. works at Taco Bell. Um I mean there's plenty of pictures of them online together. Let's see, Daryl Sabaro, Megan Trainer. Uh, everything Megan Trainer has said about Daryl Sabaro. Yeah, they're engaged. All right. Well, um, I think I need to like take a nap <laughs> or something. <laughs> I think that's sweet, but um, it's sweet. Yeah. I think the only that's aside, weird. Like I said, anything that Daryl Sabaro is doing aside from being Meg, um, engaged to Megan Trainer, uh, Daryl Sabaro, please come on the show and decide which movie you had more ah, fun I filming see. was it spy kids one or spy kids two come on well, the that show doesn't tell us anything about the quality of the movie necessarily uh, i i yes it will because i respect daryl sabaro's opinion it's sabara you don't even know his name it's i said sabara i said sabaro it's sabara <laughs> yeah that's what i said daryl sabara come on the show derek sabaro please come on this show we want you to decide um, which movie is better for us Daryl Sabara, I will pay you $250 to be on this show. Diedrich no Sabian, please that. come on this show. I need you on this show. I will pay you $150. Who's that? Who's that? Diedrich Sabian, the the star of Spy Kids. What? Uh, <laughs> I didn't even understand the joke you were doing. I'm so tired of you. Uh, okay. Fair enough. But, uh, uh, yeah. I think where we have to end this episode is that I am in a difficult position of wanting to like Spy Kids 2 more than Spy Kids 1, but not really being able to f- defend that. Yeah, I am too, because, you know, we, we talked about it a little bit on the previous episode where we were kind of anticipating this movie to just blow the other one right out of the water. But And I think the first half it does. I think it kind of falls apart in the second half. Yeah, I guess. The it, first it is half is weak. really fun and funny. Yeah. Yeah, but I I was, you know, going in this with full intention of it just, you know, wiping the floor with Spy Kids 1. And in yeah, some ways too. it did, but in a lot of ways it did not. Yep. All right. So it got like 1.3 stars out of the three questions. Um what where are you getting that? It 
I answered both two of them with a yes. On my opinion. I got one point. Right, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Um, yeah, I think, I think that we've learned that, um, you remember something as amazing as a child and yeah. it might not be that amazing, but you might watch it again and like still want it to be amazing and have trouble coming to terms with that. Maybe in the next episode, I will have thought about it more and be able to say, Clint, you're right. Spy Kids 2 is just really probably not as good as Spy Kids 1. I'm not and sure. Then, you I know, think maybe, I sleep on it. Maybe I'll come back and be like, hey, you know, Elisha, I was wrong. Spy Kids 2 is a masterpiece. Spy Kids 2 is the Empire Strikes Back of the Spy Kids trilogy. Yeah, That's and what also, I wanted to be able to say. And I we also want to hear from y'all. We want to know what y'all think. Did you like it Absolutely. better? Did you not like it at all? Have you never seen it? Why? Are, you know, who are you guys? Why do you consider that you have an audience listening? You know that. Who's cooler, slizzards or spider monkeys? Who's cooler, Clint or Eli? Who's cooler, Ralph or the spider monkey that Junior replaces him with? Who can do more push-ups, uh, Daryl Sabara or Diedrich Sabata? Who is a better? character cindy lou who or the president's daughter or the lead singer of the pretty reckless <laughs> all right i think we're ready to wrap this bad boy up i think she was also on gossip girl maybe one of those things i don't know look it up yell at us on twitter hey i feel good about this i feel like i've come uh, to a conclusion sort of about the nature of nostalgia if not about the quality of spike kids 2 just yet fair enough but i think we're ready to wrap up the episode uh eli you want to plug anything Yes, uh, Twitter, Purely Nostalgia, at Purely Nostalgia. That we got that. We, we nabbed that Twitter handle. We got it. We got it. We're there for y'all. We've been putting out some good content, some memes, not really memes. Some gifs. Some gifs, some gifs. Some gaffs, some goofs, some, some gaffs, some, some sniffs. Some I just did a real big sniff into the mic. Uh, that's our Twitter. Follow us on there. That's kind of where we do most of our announcements and stuff like that mm-hmm. um i'm also at elisha p smith on twitter and i am at clint jh page jazz hands jazz um, hands also we have a facebook group yeah it is called purely nostalgia podcast um check it out i think you have to request to join and we will let you in yeah that's gonna w- deny that way you can uh you know post what you're nostalgic about post your favorite movies yes. and then maybe make suggestions for us to talk about yes suggestions for what to talk about your opinions about spy kids uh what are you nostalgic about what did you hate about spy kids too what uh how wrong is clint about slizzards all right anything yeah and uh also tune in in two weeks while we review the next in the spy kids movie franchise that is spy Spy kids Kids. three uh 3d game over (laughs) i had to think about it spy kids three Spike is 3D, game over. Oh, yeah, Spike is 3D, game over. If you take off that D, I think it's a better title than Spike Kids 2, Island of Lost Dreams. But I think that's probably the only thing that's better yeah. about it. If it's just we'll Spike is 3, game over. I feel like that would be we'll a much see. better movie. But, you know. Yeah, it would be a better title for sure. All right. Um, also, uh, also known as Ready Player One. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but, well, yeah. all right. Skinaf for listening. I just typed Spy Kids into the app store to see what comes up. <laughs> Super Spy Girl Salon. Nice. Spy Kit, 99 cents.
Agent Dash. <laughs> Find my kids, colon, <laughs> child. What, if that, what? what is that? Is that like an Amber Alert thing? Yeah, it's a tracker like the Oh, two that's so scary. Yeah, it's scary. The Spy Game. Spy Sam. <laughs> <laughs>